Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and we are back with another episode of Caged In Podcast. Last week, me and Joe talked about World Trade Center, and it was it was a time, I'll tell you that. Um, but this week, I'm joined by his fellow podcast compadre and um, resident. I don't know what, what are you the re- what are you the resident Bob? Yeah. Uh, resident Bob, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's my good old mate Bob back again. Was this the third time you've been I on think the podcast? The, yeah, third time. Yeah, my, my third, lucky number. number third five. time lucky. <laughs> Hopefully, with um, this one. This, uh, yeah, we're obviously today talking about the 2007 film Ghost Rider. As always, Bob, you know the drill by now. Had you seen this film before today? Uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to say I watched it in the cinema. Uh, I think I, re- I don't know what year. What year do you say this was? 2007. 2007. Oh, God, I can't even do the math right now. But I was I was a young young man. So that's almost ten years ago, right? Yeah, so I must yeah. Have been Fourteen or something. Oh no, no. How old am I? Twenty six. What did that make it? Fifteen. Fifteen. I reckon. Yeah, 15 yeah it was eleven years ago. <laughs> and uh, really struggling to do math trying to work this out. But yeah, I remember in the cinema. Uh, not really digging it that much. I remember being really excited before this film coming out, like yeah. seeing like the ad campaigns and the trailers, thinking this looks like a piece of me. Like I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know if I had like a, a predilection to like liking Cage already, like uh, subconsciously. Well, like leather and motorcycles. And well, well, yeah, well that. that yeah. <laughs> um, but there's like I don't know, maybe it's predestined in me to do this podcast because. Yeah. There's actually a really weird link between me and this film specifically. Okay. My first ever email address was Johnny Blaze <gasps> underscore seven. My God. Because obviously... 2007? Well, no, no, it wasn't 2000. <laughs> it was before then, but like, I guess... Wait, you were seven years old when you got your first email address? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no, I think it is down to the fact that like... Seven people like before a young me. Entrepreneur, like. <laughs> seven people before me already had the idea. Oh, of course, for right, Johnny right. Blaze. So you were the seventh Johnny. Blaze. I was the seventh Johnny wow. Blaze. Yeah, um, but like, it's weird because I was never a fan of Ghost Rider as a kid, like the comics and stuff like that. Mm. I actually got the name through being a fan of the Wu Tang and oh. specifically Method Man. And I remember like vividly on one of his albums. I think it's. Um, Takao 2000 Judgment Day there's like a skit on it done by Chris Rock and he's going through all like the aliases of Method Man he's like here he is the Takalian Stallion uh. like, all, like and he's like Johnny Blaze because like I think the Wu-Tang take on like the personas of 
like Marvel characters. So yeah. you'll have like Ghostface Killer will call himself Tony Stark, of course, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's just I, f- I find it I find it peculiar that like all these years later I must have set up that email address when I was I don't know <laughs> eleven, 10, yeah. like twelve years old, and all these years later here I am sat in a <laughs> sat in a living room in Brighton talking about. Ghost Rider. Consummating your vows with Johnny Blaze. Yeah, exactly. Um, had like... So, yeah, in the cinema, you didn't dig this. I don't I don't think I, I dug it, no. I think I, I, I had sort of... Should I tell you, I mean, just before, before we even watch it, because it's good to get out of the way, actually. My main problem with the film is I don't like the way his skull looks. I, don't, I, I, I honestly think skulls look scarier without angry eyes. They look scarier when they just have hollow... Holes. I don't know why they they thought they they had to like make his his skull like different. Or maybe it makes it more approachable in some way. Well, one of the things like because I have actually watched this film like not like I watched it in the cinema. I watched this film three days ago uh, <laughs> because uh, I was supposed to record this on Friday and uh, it fell through for, for no no bad reasons, but like it fell through. And I found myself going, oh, fuck, who's a reliable, good old man to speak to? Bob, he'll love to talk about Ghost Rider. But, like, um, so I watched it the I watched it the other day, and I actually did a little bit of research after watching it. Okay. And the skull, yeah. this is the point I was making, yeah, I just okay. felt like I'd do that little bit of backstory <laughs> for the listeners. Um, the skull is actually based on a, like, 3D sculpture of what, like... Cage's actual skull looks like. They like obviously took X-rays and stuff like that, and like <laughs> the skull you see on screen. He doesn't have angry eyes under his skin, though. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I imagine. I imagine the rage he shows in all of his films that there must be some like fiery behemoth underneath all that skin and flesh. I, also, I wonder. I wonder about this um, first film. But I know. I know. I remember hearing that in the second film, even though his head was constantly CGI'd on. Um, he would wear skull face paint throughout the thing that he would apply himself, I believe, throughout the, the duration of the shoot. Um, so he, uh, uh, so he'd always look like Ghost Rider, even though they're just CGIing his head. Wow! And and he also had a bit of a pyramid sewed into his leather jacket, a literal piece of a pyramid. That is that is that is fascinating <laughs> stuff. Wow! This is a. Uh... You're like a you're like you're like the IMDb trivia in a, in a, in, a, in a small mustachioed man. It's lovely. Um, so enough of the waffle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've we've set the stakes that me and Bob probably know diddly squat when it comes to uh, when it comes to Ghost Rider. Yeah, I know yeah. nothing about the comic books. I was never like never a fan. Like yeah. I've never really got into any comic books. Like mm. one thing I do want to talk about as well is obviously like. Today is when we're recording this. It's the what the fifth of March. Mm-hmm. It is the day after the Oscars have happened, and I feel like well, this is a perfect yeah. opportunity to look back to twenty-two years ago mm-hmm. when Nicolas Cage <laughs> won the Oscar for Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas. What an absolute don. But how all these years passed, like flash forward eleven years later to Ghost Rider and again for a little bit of research found out he was nominated 
for a Razzie for the oh. worst actor for his performance <laughs> in Ghost Rider. So I feel like that is a like talisman of what we are expecting to see. How many years between that, between leaving Las Vegas and... and Eleven. Eleven. Uh, and wow. what, what, what a polarising difference in films they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we get into it, there's a, a regular <laughs> feature on the podcast I have, um, where I have an anagram presented to me by the Anagram Hunter. And you can find him at Thomas underscore... W underscore Hunter on Twitter. And for Ghost Rider, he has given us this lovely anagram, which may again tell us something about what we are about to watch. The anagram is, uh, dot, 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 dog shit? What? <gasps> Wait, how 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 the dots? The dots count within the anagram? I don't think they count. I think <laughs> oh, right, it's, he's that? added in the oh, ellipsis right. as like a <laughs> yeah. kind of like dramatic effect, Bob. Like yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't think you get like it's, 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 if you read it, you might get yeah, yeah. Well, on that on that fucking shit show of a fucking ending, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to get raging with a cage. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! That was for Bob. How was that for you? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it is. Um, it is a piece of shit. I mean, let's not. Let's not. You know, let's not. Let's not try to make it sound better than it is. I mean, it, it, overall, it, it doesn't work. It just doesn't fucking work at all. Nothing about it works. Um, <laughs> I did not care for anyone. I did not. I did not. There was. There was no jeopardy. There was no stakes. No. Like. Um, yeah. So let's like before before we really pick this mm. piece of shit apart. <laughs> let's just give let's just give the listeners at home a nice little rundown of what 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 happened. Just kind of the the beats that no, right. kind of happen. So like we kind of we open up to a voiceover of uh, this Sam Elliott, like kind of telling the legend of the Ghost Rider mm. hundreds of years ago in like with really fast superimposed sort of collage images of spirits projected into blood and stuff. I mean, yeah, really. And it's, um, oh, what is it like? Um, what's the place called? San. Oh, I can't even remember. I keep saying I keep thinking San Dimas, but that's is definitely that, it, yeah. that's definitely where uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> the high school. Yeah. Sa- Sam. Bonanza or something like that. It's <laughs> yeah. something. It's, it's Sam not, Bonanza. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And um, <laughs> it's just this whole thing of like there was a contract of all all these thousand souls were locked in with the devil, and the Ghost Rider at the time ran away with mm. the contract, and it's left open to uh. a young man, <laughs> a, a, a young man, and his 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 dad. His dad's got cancer. And then he makes a deal with the devil that one day he'll become the Ghost Rider, mm. and he 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 will have to to pay the penance of the of Satan. And things go wrong. His dad dies, and we flash to years later, and it's Cage. He's I mean, his dad dies because the devil presumably had something to do with him dying yeah, in a daredevil yeah. accident, right? Yeah, but yeah. And then years later, it turns out to be Cage. He's a stunt rider, and then the devil essentially comes back to get him to pay his penance because his son has now risen from hell to wreak havoc and wants the Blackheart. Yeah, he wants the, he wants the he he wants the contract 
to essentially be the stepping stone for him to take over the world. So that's what that was. I really wasn't aware that that was why he wanted the contract until the very end, I think. And even then I was unsure, but go on. <laughs> yeah, well, well for, for, for how much, like, backstory and, <laughs> like, how much stuff that goes, like, go, do you know what I mean? How much filler that goes on to get to where we need to be. Stuff is left hazy. Yeah, like some yeah. stuff, some stuff that doesn't need to be reiterated, rammed down your throat. Yeah, is reiterated and rammed down your throat. I felt. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I, it's it's like you said this earlier. I think it's a really important point, really, which is that it just it treats its audience like idiots. But I mean, but, but somehow, even though it tells you stuff again and again and again, I still didn't absorb what the fuck was actually going on. Well, yeah, because it's missing out key <laughs> points. At any possible moment, it will give you a flashback to something you have seen, but moments earlier of yeah, like, and you've got that. But it shows you it again and again and again. It's like, why the fuck are you showing me this again? I saw his Needless. dad. Yeah, I saw his dad die. Like, or I, saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw. I saw the fact that he was in love with like this oh. girl. I do not need to see it again. Yeah, so, I know. Like, he has to pay this the contract back to the devil, go after Blackheart, and it is essentially him doing that. He is triumphant, set up for a sequel. That is it, really, mm. for plot. And it took two hours to tell that plot, yet yeah. I managed to do it in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So let's really just have a deep yeah, dive into true. some scenes that really, really got under your skin... And made you want to like hulk out and turn into a flaming skull, Bob. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that it begins with literally a hot sauce font. That the film itself, the credits, the opening credits are in a hot sauce font. Yeah, because it's kind of got this weird thing of being like, <laughs> it's got really weird religious like. It, you, you borrow stuff from like religion mm. and stuff like that but then also borrow it's got like a wild west theme to it yeah kind it's of cowboy w- American western thing like but it's also it's also got some kind of sort of like tacky goth shop kind of architectural vibe to yeah, it like, um, uh, like a hot topic you know like, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, like but it's like, not quite cool enough it's sort of like even a goth a self-respecting goth would think this was lame like uh, that's how I think. I mean, they, it's the kind of stuff that the the the, co- the kind of all right goth his his dad he likes this kind of shit. You know <laughs> the, what I mean? The, this film is the living embodiment of a flame shirt. <laughs> yeah, and like especially that title sequence, which kind of like had like a a POV like kind of. It also reminded me of like what like a Hot Wheels advert would have been like in the 90s with the real do you know what I mean like had the flames going down and you could imagine at any moment like a little toy car coming into shot like <laughs> yeah. Hot Wheels get them now get them whilst they're hot I don't know if that was one of their slogans but bloody should have been um, but yeah it's, it's like, like let's go through like well, let's first start talking off about young Cage and young Eva Mendes <laughs> yeah yeah so, but, <laughs> well, fucking Cage looks uh, looks absolutely. Uh, I mean, shocking. There is literally no resemblance. It is like <laughs> we are meant to believe that this young this young man is supposed to play Nicholas Cage. <laughs> uh, well, he's supposed to grow into Nicholas Cage. The- there was one moment where I felt it. There was one. Moment I just saw the side of it. It's when it's actually when he's about to sign over the contract to the devil. There's a moment where he just gets up from the from the the car that he's fixing, and I was like, for a second, I saw Cage, and I was like, ah. Oh, oh but- you mean in the in the dimly lit tent <laughs> <laughs> at <laughs> night? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Just for a second, I saw it in that dimly lit tent. But aside from that, he looks nothing like it. Eva Mendes, on the other hand, she looks fucking almost identical to a the, the, the spitting image. The actor's names who play those is Matt Long played the uh, young Johnny Blaze. Matt Long. And Raquel Alessi played the young Eva Mendes. Well done, Raquel. Well she, done. Was, well done. she was... She was... <laughs> Fant- and, and we are supposed to we are supposed to believe as well once they once they are fully like once they are grown up that they are the same age they were like seventeen and I noticed like I think I think when I watched this on Friday uh, my girlfriend Emma pointed this out that like when when they like meet again he doesn't actually say how long it's been he's like yeah he, he just like uses hyperbole he's like it's been like a 50,000 years. I was so, going to ask that, because I, I, I think it must have been 30 years, right? Because I think I think Cage is about is about 40 well, in the like, film. Well, n- now he is 54. So during the make, so in 2000 and, when was this film made? Um, 2007. So he would have been, he would have been 42. So 42. So, so if, if they were 17 when they started, for 17 to 42... How long is that? Fuck, like over thirty years. Yeah. So it's been over thirty years, and there's yeah, there's no mention of time. Well, and, I mean, and, and we're supposed to believe as well that he is the same age as Eva Mendes. <laughs> Eva Mendes <laughs> is eleven years younger than him. <laughs> this is a classic thing. This reminds me of like this happens a lot though in films where you have got an older actor and a younger woman. They kind of don't they, they don't make a, the point of the fact of their age gap. It's just accepted that, like, if you've got Tom Cruise in a film now, you know, who, the, girl, the love interest is going to be in a young, in her early 20s. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah it's but it's that, not even mentioned. It's not like it's a weird thing. Yeah, but Tom Cruise isn't meant to be the same, isn't, like, cast as being the same age. But they age don't mention the it, though, but they don't mention it. I think that's the thing. He never goes, hey, I'm 56, and then he gets with a young girl or whatever. That just doesn't, you know what I mean? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but in this, I'm talking of the sheer fact that, yeah, like, yeah. like, they are supposed to be the same. He looks yeah. like shit. <laughs> Yeah. And she is like one of the most gorgeous women that For, has like. Sh- should I tell you why he looks like shit half the time though? That fucking haircut. I can't. I can't work it out. I can't work it out because Cage has had a lot of bad wigs over the years. I mean, we've we've seen you know it, 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 he's had just about every kind of wig a man can have, and and literally this one I think is the worst wig. It's like it looks like um, a sort of crazy. It, it, it looks like a mum's had to haphazardly cut someone's hair for an important football match. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a lot of texture. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A lot of chipping in. Why is, why is that? It's not, first of all, it's not rockabilly. It's not that rock and roll motorcycle cowboy world that they're trying to depict to us. A cowboy wouldn't have a fucking haircut like that. No fucking way. Like, so I don't even understand. It's not, it doesn't cue in. I think at the time someone went, okay, it's 2000 and, what is it? What Seven. It? 2007. They went, 2007. What are the cool kids? What are the, what, what, what's their hair like now? All I can possibly think, though, is possibly... This is like because they really stuck to it. Like young Johnny Blaze has it, adult Johnny Blaze has it. Is this the haircut he had in the comic books? Obviously, I don't. No I don't way. Know, like no way. It would have just been a just cool. a haircut. It would just been a normal haircut. This is weirdly abnormal. This it, it looks almost strange in how you want to like a, a grown man would not have this haircut. Something that is bizarre about <laughs> it makes this far more bizarre than it it, it already is. All right, go on. Nicholas Cage's hairpiece required three hours to apply every day. Oh my fucking god! Three wasted hours. <laughs> three fucking wasted hours. I can't believe it. 
Why didn't they make a better fucking haircut wig? I don't understand. And like, like, it just seems <laughs> like the budget on this film was spent in all the wrong places. Do you think what they did is they hired the young guy and they were like, right, we're going to use his real hair. And then they were like, right, we need to make a wig that makes it look like the young guy for Cage. I hope they didn't do it that way around because that's really confusing. <laughs> unless, unless they shot this in chronological order. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, like... Something that's like further, like baffling about this as well. It's set in Texas, is right? it? Ah, oh, I, I thought Cage's accent was pretty good for throughout. Actually, whatever that accent is. This film is set, yeah, in Texas. Was filmed in Melbourne, Australia. Ah, nice. I, I knew, I knew, I, I knew. You sort of mentioned it earlier, but I knew that it was filmed somewhere else, and it didn't feel like America. It never felt like that. So they must have just been thinking, hey, we got a load of desert, and they were thinking about that desert scene toward the end, and they thought, let's just fucking film in the, let's film in Melbourne, right? Or maybe it's just cheap tax exempt status. I don't know. I don't know about. I, don't, I, don't know. I have no idea. Like, because um, you never really see any shots of you see sh- city shots from above, but everything's always like sets. And my lord, are these sets bad? These sets literally are some of the worst sets I've seen in a, in an actual like proper motion picture. They literally you, you compared them to Crystal Maze. Crystal Maze or like a kind of like animatronic like Disneyland like like do you know what I mean like these yeah. experience rides like oh, it's, it's awful like a, yeah like an amusement ride or something like that. and Not, one, one yeah. shot in it as well is him like going through the swamp on a motorbike and it kind of it resembles that look. Of like, do you know what I mean? The like, haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sat yeah. on the ride, waiting for it to go round, and like <laughs> the tr- the trees, like you can, yeah. you, you can smell the plastic, like through the screen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. If only this sort of shit were deliberate. That's I kept thinking that when I was watching. It. I was like, if they'd really tried, they were trying to make a fake goth cowboy skull movie thing. I was like, that would be kind of cool, but then I don't think they are. I think this is their most earnest attempt at making whatever the fuck this film is. Well, yeah, it's that thing of, like, I get that comic books are, like, exaggerated and, like, camp and a bit cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't, like, I don't know, if it was overly stylized in that way, mm. you'd go, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I get it, like you were saying, but it isn't. It's just kind of, like, what? some bits is super, like, realist, like, do you know what I mean? Like, realism... In like, obviously it's not because it's a man who fucking turns into a flaming yeah, skull. But yeah, I actually I wanted to talk about the realism in it because there's a weird vibe throughout it that it, it, it almost sometimes it feels like it's a satire of superhero films. Um, like like there there are points where you know he's he, you know he's gonna he's he's trying to sterilize a needle by using his powers, but he can't quite get it right, so he's just flailing his fingers about. And then the cowboy guy's like, hey, uh, hey you can't, can't do that, you got to use it in boiling water or whatever. And there's a few moments where he's in the mirror and he's trying to, he's like doing this crazy, one of the best cage scenes in it, where he's like just like f- fluctuating his face and he's got those abs, those fake abs. Yeah, well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently this is something that even the director on the uh, like commentary has disputed, <laughs> like, to this day, that like many people believe that that is CGI, and he he he's <laughs> like the director has even come out and said, no 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 no, it's not it's not it's not. But it wouldn't surprise me because it seems like they just that. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know how long the shoot on this would have been, but they're spending three hours a day 
applying that fucking wig. <laughs> no. What, what I was going to say, though, about the realism was that, uh, you know, uh, aside from that, that, like, for instance, after the first time Go- uh, he becomes Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze becomes Ghost Rider, uh, and he has this huge sort of showdown fight with all these spirits in this cra- cra- crazy, like, sort of garage. Train yard. Fight. Train yard, yeah. So afterwards, the next day, it's all about the cops getting there and trying to work out what the fuck has happened because there's this huge explosion. Uh, you know, even Mendez says she could smell sulfur there. And, and and brimstone and there's this weird like awkward reference to the bible and but it's basically about it's almost like a real life what would actually happen if ghost rider fucks shit up the next day would be spent with people taking pictures and interviewing people with a great uh great little cameo from rebel wilson yeah who is who is easily the, one of the best parts of the whole film and maybe the best Stila, part. like her, her moment when she's being interviewed by Eva Mendez's character uh, Roxanne Wilson yeah. And her, yeah Roxanne Simpson she is fantastic and I was just like oh give me more Rebel Wilson because it was like a breath of fresh air in this film like, and she also, she also earnestly sort of describes how ridiculous the whole scenario is she's like oh yeah and he had a, like a, a skull with like flames and stuff like that so it's trying to make it really like pointing out how stupid it is which is weird because then it makes the film seem almost self-aware which which is so insane because it cannot be because it's so shit no no like, like you, you're going back to like the thing of him like trying to use his powers to yeah. like sterilise the needle I don't think that is them trying to like satirise you don't the think comic so book no I think it is their attempt of a joke right. their attempt of humour <laughs> is just like and it falls really flat like I found myself so many times in this every time there was like a joke line or something like that mm. I could feel the eyes rolling into the back <laughs> of my I could physically feel my eyes but, like, do, but don't you think it's interesting that it spends as much time as it does on real human beings who 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 are affected by Ghost Riders shit, like even one of the cops says to him in the interrogation room, and later on they they find Johnny Blaze, they blame him for the killings, and they blame him for the killings that Blackheart, the devil's son, has done. And they're like, look, this guy, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't a bad guy. He, uh, you know, he he was just he was one day away from retirement. You fucking dick or whatever. Like he didn't kill him, and he doesn't admit to it. But the point is that it's about like the repercussions of what these demons and superheroes wreak on this world, which I think is is weirdly before its time. That there aren't that many films, superhero films, that even bother with that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, it's funny we were talking about Iron Man earlier. And it, it does kind of mention that later. You know, like he's sort of paying in a way. Iron Man pays penance for his own crimes earlier. Yeah, well, I think I think, I think like Marvel have really tackled that, like with like Civil War, that mm. kind of whole story arc is about how the like superhero like the the destruction that is caused in like the the films that crazy fights it. and shit yeah, yeah yeah like ruining cities how that is affecting the world and brought up later in like i think spider-man homecoming where like um there you actually see the cleanup crew who are like wow. hired to like come in and make sure all these like Cry, do you know what I mean? All these destroyed cities are put back to how they were, and like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that, that, like that. But I think you got to get. I think we should give this film a little bit of credit just for just for bothering. Yeah. Because it, it didn't have to, and it does make a big deal of it. But I feel like at the same time, it spends maybe a little bit mm. too much time on all the all the other guff instead of like what you're here to see I, I I had flashbacks to myself as like a teenage boy just seeing them images of like a flaming skull riding a motorbike with a like, chain round his fucking yeah, yeah. leather jacket and just being like 
Wow. And to be honest, there, there are about three scenes in this film where they where they do that and they do it fucking right. The, the bit where he drives up the building on the motorcycle is great. I just think it's fucking brilliant. But the thing that like <laughs> get the thing that gets me about it, it's like it almost feels like a computer game storyline in that in that each night he goes out, it's defeating, different boss fight. Yeah, a yeah. Diff, yeah. He's he's defeating he's defeating he, one of the ghouls that like. Um, and he and what he does, he, he finds their Achilles heel as well, which is very similar to a boss fight. So like the wind guy goes, "You can't catch me, I'm the wind, Johnny Blaze." And then what he does is he what does he do? He just puts down his chain. He makes a chain into fire, and then he whips up a fiery like no, you get a whirlwind, a whirlwind, yeah, 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 and yeah. then he kills him. And he it's sucks like, him into the like yeah, and then the water guy's underwater. He boils him or something or whatever the fuck. Happens happened to him it's like finding the boss's Achilles heel and he kills him every night yeah, yeah. it's like that flashing yeah. like when you see like I don't know you see like the a weak bit. spot it's, yeah. it's, it's always <laughs> yeah. bulbous and red and it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah that's where that. I've got to shoot <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's just I don't know I know a lot of like superhero films nowadays kind of like fall victim to the idea that they're just like massive battles in cities and there's mm. just like a kind of like hordes and hordes of like bad guys and just like being mowed down whereas this I felt like the scale was very very small yeah. and boring like, yeah. do you know what I mean not like because it would have felt a bit better maybe if like the the villains kind of like you got a bit more time with them and understood them a bit more mm. and like maybe there could have been an f- element of conflict yeah. in it but it's just like it almost seems like at points it's it's flirting with the idea of it actually being about morality. But as soon as Ghost Rider discovers his powers, his penance stare, when he can actually look into this, the eyes of this junkie and 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 force him to go through the pain that his victims, whatever is he a drug dealer? Is he a he's a bad guy of some sort? I think he's, I think he's your, <laughs> your common crook. Yeah. He's, he's a knife wielding menace. Yeah, yeah. So and he makes him feel the pain he feels, and then kills him. But we're not we're not ever totally sure. He just his eyes go like a sort of funny red and black, and then he just sort of lays down for a but bit. But then he he blinks. Does he? I mean, it's just hard to say, isn't it? Really, he blinks, so it's like, oh, is he, is he dead? But then, do you think because it was a twelve A, they couldn't show death or something weird like that? No, because they show death. They even refer to what happens at the like the Hell's Angels, like oh yeah, lodge oh, yeah, as a like, massacre. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's pretty like. To be honest, I'm gonna. I have a little so, so, some some something to say about that little bar scene there. I actually think that bar scene's all right. I, I think the, the scene where, where you first see the devil arrive, I mean, he's he's incredibly camp. He's really shit. He's played by the same guy from American Beauty. He's that guy. And he also, he plays almost exactly the same character as Blackheart in American Horror Story. They they cast him as like this kind of devilish guy who comes once a, once every Halloween in a top hat. He's got a face in the back of his head, and it's literally like the se- he just does delivers it almost the same way. He's just he's just basically a camp white sort of white faced. Wes Bentley is the actor's name. Wes Bentley, and I've, I've 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 given Wes Bentley a lot of chances now, but after reviewing his performance in Ghost Rider tonight, he is a shit actor. I think American Beauty is the only thing he's ever done right. I think that was the only one he was actually good in. Well, I feel like like you, you may you may let him off slightly from hearing this, according to a interview he gave in the New York Times in 2010. This movie was made during the middle of Wes Bentley's decade-long, extremely serious addiction to cocaine and heroin. Oh, my God. He said in that interview he only accepted any movie roles during that time so he would have enough money to buy enough drugs. 
Wow. Okay, I do feel a bit bad about that. But, but, like, what a privileged position to be in. (laughs) And the fact that, like, he can go, do you know what? I'm going to be in this multi-million dollar Marvel film (laughs) to fuel my addiction. Whereas there are many other people who have resorted to far far seedier things. (laughs) I would rather play Blackheart than give a handjob in an alley. (laughs) To, to his credit, to his credit, what I would say though is that I don't think like they should have somebody else should have been cast. I think he just, he just does he does his job as it, he does his job probably as, as good as he can do it. Really, his, his script is shit. I mean, the whole script of this film is literally written by a fucking cretin. It, it, it's it's only ever funny when it's unintentionally funny, and it's only ever smart. I mean, it's never smart. There, no. there really isn't anything about it that's smart at all. It's unbelievable to me that they managed to sort of. This is what what I was going to say about the morality thing about the penance there, is that is that they could they could go into this sort of inner turmoil of Ghost Rider, like finding people in the city and and like looking through their memories, and we could see these things or something like that, or we could we could decide who is truly evil, who who is good, who is bad. We could play with all this, but it never bothers. It just isn't interested. The the only reason for the penance there is to show a fiery CGI screensaver of sort of people's faces of different ethnicities sort of blowing through a fiery wind i mean it really is just that <laughs> it's just it's just totally bizarre like i don't know to like back to like the wes the, the the wes bentley thing one thing that like again he's got nothing to work with but what he does say is ruined because this film has a crutch on voices and after effects on those voices uh, that is just like it's like nails down a chalkboard for me mm. like every voice has like a kind of oh, like, like a double higher thing higher register like oh like very very like on the nose trying to make it sound demonic but just it's irritating <laughs> it's just it's like and he looks he looks well like the the look he's got he he genuinely looks like he's just got like some white face paint on, and that's yeah, really that's it. it. That's and it. And it's just a bit. It's just a bit like. It's a shame as well because the devil. I think it's Poundland think, Halloween. Isn't it is it? Poundland Halloween. I think the devil, his father, you know, the is it Peter Fonda. Yeah, I think yeah. I think brilliantly played by Peter Fonda. And there's such a great scene in the beginning where 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 the devil first gets Johnny Blaze to sign the contract. And as you pointed out to me, that you can see when the lightning flashes, you see this this kind of Krampus-like silhouette behind his back of like a shriveled devil. And he really does do a really good job of it. I mean, he's not given a lot to a lot to play with here. The script's pretty dodgy, but he delivers his lines with a kind of an authenticity and also a sort of a, a, a foreboding quality that I think almost no actor could really bring to such a campy, yeah, dodgy yeah. role. And like, he looks great as well. He's kind of got this quaffed, like, kind of <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> Like um, Francis Ford Coppola's like Dracula, like <laughs> yeah. the Gary Oldman character, and, and ostensibly it seems like the only reason they hired him was because he was an Easy Rider with Dennis Hopper, and they're making a reference to the motorcycle, so that's why they've got him. But it, but if, if that was the only reason, fuck, they totally locked out because he's totally brilliant and perhaps the best role in the whole film. But then toward the end of the movie, and with with all his interactions with his son with Blackheart, he's just shit. They, they, they really don't know what to do with the devil character anymore. Like, the concept of, of Ghost Rider being a bounty hunter for the devil is a great idea. But the way that they deal with it is stupid. Well, it's that thing as well, like, the stakes. Like, how do you go out of the gate? Like, this is supposed to be the first, I imagine, in what they thought would have been a franchise that would have, like, do you know what I mean? Like, could have, could have sp- sp- 
I don't know, carried on for however long. And, like, straight out of the gate, like, it's established that the the bad guy is the fucking devil. Like, the evil of all evils. Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know the plot of the second one, but, like... Yeah, who, I can't who, remember. Who's it going to be? The, dov- the devil's other son? The devil's daughter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, actually. But devil's daughter sounds incredible. Devil's uh, daughter? That sounds like a, a great track. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be a 70s... Do you know what I mean? That's got to be, like, a... Even that opening, I remember just... A just Black Sabbath it- song. <laughs> It doesn't get yeah, yeah, in bed with the devil's seven. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but even when they introduced the devil and all the light bulbs were exploding, I was like, wow. I mean, they were they were actually you know it's like I was saying about that up the building moment. I know you're saying it's a bit video gamey, but there's there's a few moments in it where it just things felt really cool. Exploding light bulbs as the devil walks past. Ghost Rider on fire with a, like a whip, like a chain round his round his leather jacket, like sailing up a building. There were these kind of triumphant wow moments, and all I could think. Ha- I couldn't help but think was why isn't this just a film of those fucking things yeah yeah and I've, I've actually heard later on actually a year later when they made Iron Man uh, one of the uh, so one of the people involved in the making of it like a big a big I don't know what you'd call her what her position was exactly but she was saying that what she wanted was after they, they had an ACDC moment in it where as he walks away from like a tank it blows up and it's like ah, da na na you know it's the ACDC moment so when she made Avengers later she was like what I want to do is I want to compile I want to make a series of ACDC moments as many as we can get in to one film and that's what's going to be successful and uh, I kind of you know that's that's obviously a shitty way to make something that's like of any sort of actual spiritual worth but it does make sense in terms of these kind of movies and I, I feel like this doesn't have enough ACDC moments. It doesn't have enough Black Sabbath scenarios. There's just a few bits, and it takes fucking 40 minutes before it gets to the actual Ghost Rider transformation, and that's insane. Yeah, well, like, the thing is, like, it just reminded me, I think I said to you as well, It like, I was just trying to wrap my brains off, like, other origin stories that take so long for you to see, like, the titular character in their, like in their garb like the only other one I could think of is maybe Batman Begins but you allow that film to do what it wants because it's a compelling and interesting story like I I, I believe it's only in like the last half hour of that film possibly you actually see like Batman it's Mm. Bruce Wayne up until then but you care about the character I did not care about this character I felt like as you said about the action set pieces and like seeing Ghost Rider it didn't seem like it even had enough to fill a trailer mm, yeah, let, no. alone, let alone a feature film yeah yeah. no I, I completely agree with you I, I thought another strange thing which is kind of unusual is a lot of superhero films just just films of this kind of like blockbuster in general they seem to care a lot more about their main character about, about who he is like to, to to, to show that he's a, uh, you know, he, he has his own, you know, other. I mean, the only thing we really know about Johnny Blaze is that his dad died. That's it. That's all we know. We don't really know what his personality is like. He eats jelly beans. He's a daredevil when his dad died. And he likes and the carpenters. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it just. And they they just all, feel like just, weird, like quirky quote to try and like beef out the character to make him like somehow relatable if anything he, he he's he, they actually try to portray him to be a hick like he's stupid like he's a yeah, kind of yeah. redneck like there's a bit where he's like do you want to go out for some uh, italian and stuff like that like he can't like it's these weird bits like they're trying to make him seem dim and i think that's a peculiar thing to do in a movie unless they're unless there's like he gets smarter when he becomes yeah, ghost yeah. rider or something but that's not what they're saying they're just saying he's a fucking idiot 
like which is a weird thing to say he's even an idiot because he kind of sold his soul in a way it's, why why do they hate their main character so much is what I'm trying to say well it's the thing as well like he like only likes watching monkey videos and when he turns into Ghost Rider as well it's not like he then becomes likeable if anything possibly becomes even more unlikable because he himself is a morally ambiguous character yeah because he is kind of like he's on the wrong side of the law, like, he's... Do you know what I mean? He kind yeah. of... And I don't get this, like... I don't get the, like, motivations of the character because he only changes into the Ghost Rider when he is around evil, yet he is created by the devil. Yeah. Who surely want to use him for his own ends and his battle is against good. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up at all. Can I also just to just to cut madly into what we're talking about? Just talk about the moment that um, him and uh, Eva Mendes kiss for the first time, and suddenly cows start mooing yeah. while they're kissing. I mean, is this an example of just a film where the writer was just like, and then you know some cows start mooing? Like, what, what's the what's the meaning of that? Well, the, the writer of this happens to be <laughs> the director as well. Oh, for fuck's sake! Who? Uh, had directed the 2003 Daredevil film oh, as well. So yeah, yeah. Not well, a man. I think the, I honestly, I think this is someone who doesn't like comic books. That's the first thing I'd say. I don't think that they're interested in in comic books very well. I, very much. Sorry. I I, th- I think really what they what they want to do is they want to make something that's sort of sensational, but they're not actually interested in in, in fucking stories or or any of the things that these comics sort of set out to achieve. If you want to look for a name to put that blame upon, that is a Mark <laughs> Stephen Johnson. <laughs> Mark Stephen Johnson, you fucking idiot. Yeah, he's like, um, fool me once with Daredevil, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice with Ghost Rider, shame on me. Shame on both of us, Bob. Shame on us. I mean, also one one thing I'd like to bring out as well is there's a lot of pointing in Nicolas Cage films. Everything from from um, you know, there's a lot of pointing in uh, in Vampire's Kiss. There's a lot of like you know, straight. He sort of extends his finger yeah. and he's pointing at the he's pointing at the secretary. There's a lot of pointing in Wild at Heart where he's like pointing pointing at the you know f- 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 for the band to put on the correct song or pointing at a guy he's about to beat up. In this film, there's also a lot of pointing, and they so much of a point do they make of this pointing that at the beginning of the movie they get the young Nicolas Cage to point at the to point at the devil in such a way, and then later on. Nicholas Cage then starts pointing at everyone again, <laughs> and I wonder whether the, the, they they saw off of Cage films. They were like, "We need to get this pointing shit in. This is great." But, uh, or, or is it something is, he brings to the uh, table? Yeah. Or is it that later on in the film, if they shot the younger Cage stuff later, that they maybe they were like, "Cage points so much. We should get the younger one to point, and it will all connect." Or uh, your theories? <laughs> you know, I got nothing. I got nothing. This <laughs> film. This, I think watching this film twice in three days is probably not a good move. Um, here is a little point that you may not have known, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst filming this film, uh, they had to use a considerable amount of makeup to actually cover a tattoo that Nicolas Cage has uh-huh. of Ghost Rider. W- wow. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> like... <laughs> that is fucking mind-blowing. He, he, he petitioned and, like, like, really got behind and, like, persisted for him to actually play this character. Wow. So for him, this must have been a dream come true, surely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This was what something he always wanted to do. 
Which is crazy. Like, I would love to actually know his thoughts on this film. Like, mm. like from what I know with, like, um, the little I know about the sequel is possibly he... Like, my, my theory is he wasn't happy with how this film turned out. Right, well, that's the sequel or... or no, the, this film, how, how, yeah. how, 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 like, Ghost Rider turned out. So, so the like, sequel was a way of amending it. Amending it and kind of, like, do you know what I mean? Getting uh. people on board who, like, really wanted to get to the gonzo heart of, like... Yeah, yeah. Of Ghost Rider. The, 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 the that's thing, a beautiful way of putting it. The thing that, like... Put the put the fire in Cage's eyes when he first like fell yeah. in love with the character so much so that right. inspired him to go down to his local um, tattoo parlor and like forever ink that like fiery <laughs> skull upon his back. Like, that's that fantastic. Is, that is crazy. It's <laughs> so crazy, man. One of the things you had touched upon as well is like the script of this, Bob, yeah. and uh, something that may like tickle your fancy is that. Nicholas Cage himself actually wrote sections of this script. Whoa, which sections? Hopefully the good ones. Just 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 uh, just for our own peace of mind and sanity. Why did they let him are they just let him do that as like a nice gesture or is that they they're like we generally don't know what to do and they're like Cage do you can you write? Well, I imagine a man who's got like a, a, a tattoo like Yeah, they're like you know your shit, man. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an authority of somewhat. I bet know? it was a spirit of vengeance bit at the end. I'd hope so. That sounds like a Cage thing. He's like, he's the spirit of vengeance. I can imagine him like really getting into it. Or I'd love to think that like the stuff he wrote was like, you know, in like the transformation scene where he's going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that scene to be honest as well. Yeah, that was a great scene. At any moment throughout that though, I expected him to go into like, not the bees, <laughs> not the bees. <laughs> like it was, it was. Whoa, that fucking Wicker Man reference in it was that stealth Wicker Man reference. Basically, in the interrogation room, the two cops are interrogating him, and he's like, he's like saying, like, after this, uh, after this interrogation, I am, um, I, I plan to become a motorcycle policeman. Yeah, I was like, what is uh, this film? Just a prequel <laughs> to the 2006 <laughs> Wicker Man. It seems weirdly like, like weirdly, it's, it comes out of nowhere that he says that line as well. Well, when talking about references, yeah. there is a few films I feel like this references uh, in different ways. There is a seat moment at the end which references like kind of Sergio Leone, like Good, the Bad, the Ugly, like by zooming in on their eyes really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah in in the the dreadful Western setting oh, they have, like fuck. This paper machine. Look Western. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it just looks like, I don't know, like... <laughs> like a children's TV, like, puzzle show. Yeah. Like, thrown together. Yeah. Quickly, haphazardly painted. They were moving a couple of sets around and, like, yeah, just put that there. We'll uh, just go with it. Um, another moment, like, they reference uh, something that is great as well, is when he's going to do a jump across a full-length American football field over a fleet of helicopters as the helicopters descend into the arena. Flight of the Valkyries is playing. How could you do this, Cage? I know, I know. How could you do this to, like, (laughs) that good film and your good family name? (laughs) 
I mean, it just it just is. I don't know. It's just bullshit. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even say anything more about that scene, really. I mean, it's a way of showing how much money they have to spend on this sort of like auditorium and all these like. But half of it's CGI anyway. I don't even know what's real. None of it seems to really count. Well, there's so many moments oh, in this. Man, that... I fucking hate that guy who's like supposed to be Nicolas Cage's like right hand man who runs the Daredevil stuff. Oh man, is he a boring character? Donald Logue <sighs> is the character. Yeah, I think he's cropped up in like Sons of Anarchy recently. Uh, um, he was in. He was in a TV show called Grounded for Life, which is is teeth gratingly bad. Um, I, th- I, th- I. It's almost like all, the only point of his character within within Ghost Rider is to put Cage down, which he does a lot. He does that a lot at the beginning, and he's gives him a really hard time after he's done a stunt, which, you know, it doesn't... I mean, there's there's no way to even gloat in the glory of whatever this Daredevil's act is supposed to have done when when there's literally a character putting him down right there. He's just making making everything feel like... And then then he doesn't really know that Ghost Rider exists, so he's not like in in, in Deadpool where you've got, like, you know, he's got got a mate that knows he's Deadpool and they kind of, you know... It's not like... It's not even like that. He's just a guy that's around to be fucking annoying like and, and be like oh i don't drink i don't drink jelly beans like you cage you're weird yeah you're weird like what what, what is the use of this character he literally has no purpose he doesn't do anything in the film that changes anything he's not pivotal he just he's just like weird set dressing that makes you feel uncomfortable Fantastic. i feel like in better hands he would have acted as like the voice of the audience yeah do you know maybe, what i mean yeah. of the like like he uh, Moments he he touches upon like questions you're asking yourself like oh how comes all of these like jumps you've been doing like you have scrapes like you should be you should oh, be resting right. up right now yeah but then like just totally diminishes it by being a total fucking prick <laughs> yeah like I just don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense doesn't and, make like, sense at all one of the moments like when they're talking and many moments in this film it looks like they are 100% stood in front of green screen I don't know I don't know why because I don't actually think they are I think it's about I think sometimes I, I mean I know nothing about lighting or anything like that but it, I think sometimes maybe if lighting is super bright and you've got a really colourful backdrop it immediately looks like it's a green screen backdrop when it's not but but I know exactly what you mean. But sometimes they were, and I think sometimes they weren't. But but like yeah, it's weird. It just makes everything feel prosthetic and phony. Yeah, it just takes you takes you out of it. Like <laughs> yeah, and the digital effects in this for two thousand and seven. I I've definitely seen film like one of the films I can think about. I'm pretty sure like the Mummy came out of like the turn of the century <laughs> yeah. and was like fucking groundbreaking in comparison to this <laughs> one thing I was going to say about like talking about special effects is that um, you know throughout the film Ghost Rider I mean Ghost Rider basically he's, he's got he's got three powers right it's, I, I mean we should talk about this actually I think his first power is of course the ability to turn into a skull with fire on it I mean that's a power I suppose it's a transformation second power is the penance there so he can look into someone see through all their sins and force them to to go through the pain that they've dealt upon other people and the third ability is to be able to change objects in his hand into a ghost rider version of that object is that correct so he can say so he takes a shotgun he can change a shotgun into a sort of flame gun that looks a bit bony he 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 literally changes his motorcycle into a into a sort of skeletal hand creature crazy 1990s goth poster ram (laughs) do you you know it reminded me it reminded me of like um like a hr geiger like 
like designed food, but most specifically Jonathan Davis from Corn's Mike Stand. <laughs> you know yeah. that grotesque, like, like naked woman Mike Stand he's got. Just like every time I see it, just makes me want to be sick. Like, I love yeah. HR guy guy. I love all the like design on Alien and stuff like that, and yeah. all the design he like did for that whole world and his paintings are fucking <laughs> crazy and his sculptures. But there's something about Jonathan Davis. Maybe it's Jonathan Davis himself as well. That dirty freak on a leash. <laughs> that just oh. That like, mic stand just makes my skin crawl. But, but like, I mean, so literally at one point he he's wearing the leather jacket and spikes just. I mean, I mean, he, no. What he's done is so he goes into a uh, he go he's in jail, like a holding. He's cell, in a holding yeah. cell. Yeah, every all of those criminals. Uh, I just kind of pointed it out during the film, but they all look cleaner than me. They all look more brushed up and sort of like healthy, full blooded. I mean, they almost made me feel jealous of their good health. None of them look like actual criminals in any scenario. Um, and they all, for some reason, start taking a dislike to Johnny Blaze, jump on him, and start sort of beating the fuck out of him. Um, it, it's really confusing, and there's no there's no given reason for it. I, then, I think one of them one of them gives like a really poor thing. He's like, I, I came to watch you once to watch you splat, and you didn't. Well, now we're gonna hurt our knuckles by beating you up. Like it doesn't make sense. But anyway, so then he he, he, he got, Ghost Rider. He turns into Ghost Rider, and he and he obviously, he, but he likes one guy's wearing a leather jacket, and he goes, nice jacket. And then puts on his leather jacket, and as he does, he then looks at each shoulder, and as he looks at each shoulder, three spikes come out of each shoulder. I like to think <laughs> that, like, like Ghost Rider is a, like a fantastic seamstress. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, <laughs> I just got this image of like this flaming the phantom skull. thread. Yeah. <laughs> like just really getting down to it. Like, he loves to accessorise. <laughs> yeah, there's something it. about him as well that's very leather, Daddy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like it's quite, like I don't know a weird like homoerotic undertones. Like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of mean. got this thing, like especially like the whole like context of like fathers and stuff like that and yeah like, there's a like, lot of fathers and sons could, and yeah and there could be an argument that like i don't know like the daddy issue looking for it and he's got this very like camp like, <laughs> do you know what yeah. mean? like leather daddy like exterior i don't know i don't know i don't know if there is there is probably some very weird fan fiction of Ghost Rider oh, out I bet, there, yeah. which I do, I do not want to chains. Dive, yeah. I do not want to dive into those the depths of the internet. Uh, not uh, tonight, at least. But but what I was going to say is the only other film I can think of where a where a character, also based on a comic, by the way, but where, 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 where a character can make clothes out of their imagination, where they can transform things, is the mask. And there's a weird connection almost because of that between this film and the mask. They're like both superheroes. They're ba- both based on based on comics, where where by taking on this new form, they can then sort of create matter where yeah. it doesn't exist and sort of transform things. And it, 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 it just seemed seemed interesting to me that that was I don't know. There's something weird about that that he can just craft anything. But he, why does he have this aesthetic? Why is it that the that this this that, that Johnny Johnny Blaze has this in his mind that like this is cool having spikes on a jacket, but in his normal every day to day life he doesn't dress like that. Why does a ghost rider have an aesthetic? Why does he like, why does he why does he have an interest in spikes and b- bondage and leather or whatever the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you would have thought if anything like he would have been drawn I don't know. Is it like the bad boy of their time like 
because the cow, like the previous like Ghost Rider, was a cowboy, so it right. makes sense. Well, he just looks like a, a cowboy. Yeah, yeah, and of course, his, yeah. like his horse looks mechanical. That is that is the only difference. But yeah, yeah, I don't know why he kind of adopts this like because he is predominantly a stunt bike rider as well. So like not like. I don't know. Like, he's not. He's not like a rock and roller guy. No, so he's, not, he's not like a Hell's Angel or anything. like yeah, that. Yeah. In fact, yeah. In fact, it seems like the he's Hell's Angel. Po- yeah. opposite. Yeah. He yeah. Is, like, he's very much like moto uh, motocross bike. Like. Yeah. So surely his his kind of like alter ego or his alter ego should be uh, should be should be some sort of bizarre motocross, crazy, colourful. I mean, I don't know. But is it? Uh, like, honestly, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And like. Let's talk about as well the Sam Elliott character, who is essentially like exposition central. Like, as if we haven't got enough exposition like throughout the film, and like stuff we oh, already know. Yeah. He is here to say it again, just to like, just in case like you didn't hear it there at the back. Here's <laughs> Sam Elliott to tell you again, just for the like the benefit of telling. Johnny Blaze as well, and telling it in that American Southern drawl thing that he does, basically that's it. Yeah, and it is a thing as well. It is screamingly <laughs> obvious as soon as you like are introduced to the Sam Elliott character. Well, like Johnny Blaze's, he was the previous like, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah, because he knows everything about it. Yet Johnny Blaze is just kind of like... If, in fact, Johnny Blaze, not only does he not seem to be aware that he was the previous Ghost Rider, but also Johnny Blaze literally wakes up in his church. Like, like in the middle of the morning. There's no... there's, there's It's given no reason. It's like he's had a bad hangover after his first transformation, I believe, into, into Ghost yeah, Rider. Yeah, but he doesn't go, how the fuck do you find me? Does he? Does he even ask, like, how did I get here? No, the bike seems to take him there, like, of its own volition. Right, and, like, to the well, previous, like, yeah. Yeah, because he goes to his dad's grave and then he's there to like pick up the pieces, take him in, and tell him everything. <laughs> like, do you know, he's like got yeah. the book on. So this guy's this guy, like <laughs> Blackheart, like the devil, and like these kind of weird, freakish, like- elemental like spirits, and like knows all the lore of the like Ghost Rider. Looks like he has just walked <laughs> off the set of fucking like Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, I think it's so funny that when those when these powerful spirits finally find the cemetery and they finally come upon the old Ghost Rider, who must presumably have been a thorn in their side for some time. I mean, I don't know how old the Devil's Son is supposed to be. I assume not just twenty. I assume more like two thousand or something like that. It's supposed to be really old, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I have no fucking clue. But these elemental spirits, they finally find the old Ghost Rider. And what do they do? They kick him in the face once and then they leave. I mean, what the fuck? Surely they would have just killed him. Surely they would have just destroyed him there and then. And they really set up as well. And also, around evil, you turn into the Ghost Rider, do you not? Why didn't he fucking turn into the Ghost Rider there and then? The only thing I can think (laughs) is, maybe he has managed to, like, through all these years of abstinence, yes, just managed to, like, he is, he, maybe he is supposed to resemble some type of, like, some further... We're probably reading into this a bit too much. I think too much. Some, some, <laughs> some, he's a further representation of a religious, like, he is. Like oh, yeah, he talks about God part. a lot. He yeah, talks yeah. about God a lot, yeah. Yeah, like, at it's, one. It's weird how preachy this film is, really. But go on, yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah, at one point he talks about how, like, like Johnny Blaze sold his soul for all the right reasons, and, like, maybe that, maybe that's because, like, he did it for love and stuff like that, and he's unpredictable, and that must mean that he might have God on his side. 
Yeah, uh, like, what, uh, what is going what does on? What does that here? really mean? I, from from the get go, from the moment that they they put out the idea that like like literally like they show uh, Johnny Blaze's dad is coughing, and then after after a coughing fit, he takes a cigarette and puts it in his mouth. I was like, this film is fucking preaching. It is literally preaching. It's going, this is bad. This is wrong. This is good. This is bad. And I immediately was like annoyed by it. And when they started mentioning the the God stuff, I was like, mm. I but it, I think it's actually not on purpose. I think it's a bad writer trying his best to sort of make good evil and like daredevil decisions like on in like black and white like he's a daredevil so he smokes yeah because he thinks he could die any day right that's why he smokes it's not just that he's a he's a dick or whatever it's that he any day he could die that's the concept that's that's why it's a bad call and it's really to signpost that he has got cancer (laughs) yeah exactly it's like really like 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 there is a letter that uh johnny blaze reads that his father has like not screwed up in any way, just kind of like still the full letter, just placed, <laughs> it's whip, like folded like a shit origami bird into the bin, just like lovely, like just kind of placed but, into did, the bin, did, facing up, and like it zooms <laughs> in, and all it says is Cancer. the cancerous spread. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, you don't need to know anything else. That letter, it's like they're like only giving you the words that they want you to know. Did, did you notice even Mendez wears a crucifix throughout the whole film as yeah. well? I mean, it's just stuff like this, man, where it's like, I don't know, it's really, it just, that's, that sort of thing really annoys me. If you're going to go to town with, with subjects like this, why don't you fucking go to town about it? It makes me think Constantine's so cool because it actually does go to town with that kind of stuff. You actually, you meet the devil, but you know about God and you know that there's this kind of overarching thing. They could have talked about things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go on. I've got a little theory of why you noticed that Eva Mendes had a crucifix on the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because throughout this film, like, I'm not 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 complaining about this, and I'm not not like should I've heard, but like <laughs> I know the say. way she is dressed uh, yeah. is like boobs out constantly all the time, and it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah. we get it, like we get it. She's an attractive woman, but come on, guys, like they literally can't help themselves. Yeah, no, like even though there's some weird moments with her as well. Yeah, like, the fact that. When she's waiting for like Johnny Blaze on their first, like on a, on a date that they're gonna go on, <laughs> yeah. she pulls out a lucky eight ball from her like handbag to just do it in a fancy run. Who's carrying around that? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's also, I think, the thing to remember here as well for any listeners who aren't who aren't immediately in front of a magic eight ball is just how big it is. It's fucking massive. It would it, it would take up almost an entire purse. A handbag. It was certainly a large compartment of a backpack. I mean, we're talking. This is a big object that you don't really want knocking about. You know, carrying around. It's cumbersome. <laughs> That's what it is. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Basically, I think all you can draw from that is that she's either a sort of mental. She carries that that around, or b she's so horribly damaged by Johnny Blaze leaving her earlier that she has to constantly take a lucky eight ball around with her, a magic eight ball. Or in the words to- of. Uh- Stevie Wonder, she's very superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I say, like there's a bit, there's a scene where she's with, which is with Johnny Blaze, and she's saying, like, you know, like, like, tell me why you, you didn't make it to the date. Tell me why you left me. And Johnny Blaze says, look, you know, uh, at midnight I turn into a uh, a skull with fire, and I I go around like making the sinners, you know, feel their sin or whatever. And she goes like, well, I've, I'm left with one of you know, two choices or whatever, which is f- first of all, I can I can I can believe that you 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 really believe this, and I'll take you to the, the asylum right now. I'll I'll section you, Johnny, or um, I, I, I accept the idea that you've just made this ridiculous lie up 
um, to hurt me uh, and I'll never see you again. And basically she does, she, she opts for the second part and just to never see him again and believes it's ridiculous. If only it had been the first part. Yeah, I saw your eyes light up at the possibility that that could happen. That this <laughs> yeah. film would take a real, like, sharp left turn and turn into, like, a kind of, like, character study of a man who has this affliction, yet is around no evil or, like, is kind of, like, in this brightly lit, like, fluorescent windowless cell so wouldn't turn into, like... This kind of like study of this man as he kind of like it sounds great. If this film had ended with him just opening his eyes in an asylum, maybe would have like would have fucking changed the whole would have changed the whole fucking game. (laughs) Yeah, it's always. I think I think I do think though. Okay, so we we, we're agreed that this is a bad film. Um, but 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 I do think that there's something about its concepts which 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 work. I think there's a mad there's a, there's a sort of irrelevant anarchy about about the way that the, the, the when the movie's at its best with Ghost Rider in just like fucking about doing even fighting and just whatever generally transforming and all this kind of stuff and riding around his motorbike up buildings. There's a real feeling of like madness to it that I kind of really like. And, and and also I think that, that this whole idea of these two cops who are the ones who interrogate him um, sort of going around trying to work out like how is this even possible how is it possible that someone can do all this and they're killing all these people and what's happening and they're trying to pick up the pieces I think all of that works really well but everything else which is makes up 98% of the movie is shit well like, the thing is like on, on that point it just feels like it's different films like like car crash together mm. it is like it's like a like do you know what I mean it's like a pile up at a crossroads because you kind of have like elements like at the beginning of like a kind of like saccharine sweet like Nicholas Sparks novel of this kind of like hometown sweet country like couple mixed with this almost like like the storyline of the two cops almost yeah. sounds like an amazing like Netflix series or something. Yeah, I you know, know that's what, I, mean? what like, I was thinking. Yeah. Like like do you know what I mean? Or like some kind of like Marvel like take on like true detective or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, these yeah. kind of guys who are investigating like on the peripheries before the like <laughs> yeah. the superheroes are like known to the world of just trying to figure out like all these weird goings on like I don't know finding this like plasma goo and like not knowing what's going. <laughs> that's that, fucking exciting. That's great. And then you've got yeah that crazy fight like. That's what I feel like because I know I know who directed the second one. I'm hoping mm. it's just balls to the wall of the anarchy <laughs> and fucking like craziness, uh, and I feel like that's what we might get. I hope so. So <laughs> let's look at how this film scored. Let's have a look online. How do you reckon it's going to be? Are the, are the internet are the internet going to be wise people and have agreed with us? Or are they going to be like Luddites who think that it's some type of work of genius? I th- I think they're going to think it was it was a real real fucking piece of shit. Is, is it is it out of a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes? Is that right? Well, I've got three scores in front of me. I always go for the tops, like the three scores that Google gives me on any given day when I do one of these. I, I think Rotten Tomatoes. I'll, I would say something like five percent. You do that. Rotten Tomatoes twenty six percent. Ooh, wow. That's that's not good though. But people liked it more. People people did like it. Twenty six percent. 
Yeah, but like, like that is that is not a good, especially in this day and age. That is not a good score. <laughs> right, right, okay. Yeah. Um, Metacritic thirty five percent. Okay, is that a bit better? And IMDb five point two out of ten. Whoa, that's heavy for IMDb. That's half. That's kind of approaching an all right film. Yeah, like yeah, there are there are worse films that have scored. There, no, there are better films that have scored worse, in my opinion. Mm, mm. Um, the only thing I can kind of say about these scores is the ones that are higher are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and the only other thing I can think is that, like, looking at this film in its like context, I feel like nowadays we are like so spoiled in the kind of plethora of like s- like superhero like very cinema true, we very have true. there's so much yeah so, so much, much and like like varying in quality and stuff like that but a lot of them feel like they are, like often have something to say that mm. is beyond just like what is on the page of the comic book it may have like a social message yeah or yeah. like kind of like spiritual a one yeah, yeah, yeah. what comes with great power whatever power yeah, comes yeah, yeah, yeah. with great responsibility, responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I think this this film it it, it, it's, it looks like it looks like um, too many fucking chefs in the kitchen. It looks like loads of different people wanted different things for it, and it didn't. It couldn't achieve any of its ends as a result. It was definitely a camel when it yeah. should have been a horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah. it feels like the, there was only like strong as a horse, <laughs> healthy as a horse, healthy as a horse. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> the thing, like, if, if we go by what we have read, though, that there's only two cooks who were stirring this broth. That's and insane. That was, that was the director who I've forgotten his name already, and I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I've forgotten it because he does not deserve fucking hit space the, in my So it's this and Daredevil. He's got eight eight directing credits, and they were the only two. Oh, man. oh man, he, he literally, I can't believe, this guy should go and fuck himself, that is so shit, <laughs> Daredevil was so bad, and this film is so bad as well, I, 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 it's, it's really, he's just doing damage for no reason, he's, he's like a guy who, who comes to your garden and just starts cutting down all your hedges for no reason, you wake up and you're like, what the fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's literally that, I mean, just just leave the hedges alone mate. It's not even like, like you could kind of understand if there's like a human sized print in a bush, you go, oh. <laughs> Someone got pushed through. That like, that was probably a laugh to the. Do you know what I mean? The majority of the the gang got a laugh because one guy got pushed for a hedge, but the whole hedge gone in the morning. That's just malicious. That's just vindictive. And by the sound of it, if Cage didn't even like it, if he, even Cage wasn't happy with it, then he really failed. Because if you can't make fucking Cage, he's got a fucking Johnny Blaze tattoo on his arm. He's got a fucking Ghost Rider tattoo on his arm. If you can't make him happy, the guy who petitioned to get himself in that role, then you've just you've just completely wasted every fucking well, that, little opportunity uh, I, I, I must reiterate that that was that was like a theory of mine that is not right, even okay, I've read okay. oh, right. so, so but like I have I have a sneaking suspicion that might be the case because like yeah. do you know what I mean like the, the sequel seems like tonally it is totally different yeah yeah and yeah. doesn't seem like it's just some type of weird cash grab maybe just like going for the initial tone they originally wanted to create uh, uh. what saddens me so much if you want to set up a franchise if you want to start like a you know a series of films 
it's not you shouldn't just be trying to get get the backstory out of the way get the origin out of the way which is they often do which is why people get so pissed off with like spider-man films because always we're telling the origin and stuff like that you know um which is i think is something that people say that homecoming doesn't do right it deliberately deliberately doesn't do that but like a a lot of these superhero films are just you know when when they can they assume there's going to be a sequel they act like the first one isn't the point and that's so that's so fucking sad. It's why Batman Begins is so fucking good because it independently functions as a really good film, even without, you know, the Dark Knight. But like what, like you saying like about the origin story and like what a lot of these films fall victim to is the fact that the origins are very similar in a lot of cases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, ironically, this one's a bit different actually. That the, 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 there is something that is that is quite different about well, the idea. Added, selling your soul to the devil is kind yeah, of yeah. But that added spice, like take that away it is essentially the father was killed i must avenge very true very true it is the looking for the kid like because as he even says at the end of this film i will i will not like take my soul back i will keep this and every time you spill blood that will be the blood of my father's that is the same as bruce wayne not knowing the killer of his parents yeah 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 going out and being a vigilante looking for and like seeing the face of his parents killer in any of these bad like bad guys in Gotham City that's very true yeah that's so very good like point. boiling it down mm. it's still it's it's the it's a classic it's a classic mm. trope no no you're right you're right I suppose, but this is another really another good example of how like you know you know, even Mendez, as I said earlier, she mentions about brimstone and you know, read the Bible or whatever. She says something real sassy to the cop to indicate that he should remember the Bible or something. Um, but but really, this film had the entire Bible to play with. It had it had God and the devil. It had you know everything from the Nephilim briefly mentioned in the when it, when they flip open the book of the the giants that the, or the, the angels that slept with human beings and stuff. It had everything it possibly could. Uh, uh, like, I mean, it could have literally taken anything from 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 Abrahamic religion, from mon- monotheism, and anything. But instead, it chooses just to have an emo devil and and, and uh, an emo devil's son, uh, sort of meta devil, a sort of beta <laughs> devil or whatever, and then the actual devil just cameo appearance in it, and that's all you got. Yeah. And they do with the flaming skull. I mean, it could fucking do anything. It's so sad. It makes me. It actually made me rethink Constantine while I was watching it I was thinking Constantine is, is is a better film than I gave it credit for and something I always say on here is that like if a film is making you think of any other film that film is failing yeah 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 so one question before I let you leave Bob, okay is what is the lowest thing you would sell your soul for to the devil so like not monetary value but I was like, thinking monetary value oh, like, you, you actually mean an object an object or, or like or like a service that you would like sell your soul for so say it be <laughs> like you will you will not you will not cook you, you will have dinners just <laughs> there for the rest an, of your life an infinite but, supply of or yeah but with the dinners there would be like how 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 the devil gives Johnny Blaze, his father's like father's health back. He also then just kills him. So you would be able to have any dinner of your choice. Like you'd have have dinners forever, but you would not choose the sauce that it comes with. Like on top of the dinner, so you maybe or like 
you know what I mean? The you devil's get, devil's always got like some a, a the say. The devil's in it. always got yeah, yeah, a finger in your pie. <laughs> as I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I was thinking but when you asked the question before, I thought you meant just monetary. Mon- yeah, and yeah, I was going to I was going to go say ten grand flat out. Like that is the lowest I'd go for the for for the soul. I think ten grand. I mean, it sounds like not very much, but it says you can do a lot with ten grand if you want to. You know what I mean? Like if you if you if you think about it. And and also like Johnny Blaze, if we, we're confused about the ages here, about like how long was it? Was it twenty years? Was it thirty years since him and Ava like met up? But I think the devil gave him at least thirty years there. And if I had thirty years, I mean, I should really be asking for more than ten grand, really. But let's just say it's ten grand. That is the lowest amount, <laughs> um, you know. But 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 uh, what I was going to say was when I was a kid, I actually dealt in the uh, in the soul selling trade because in my school. Um, basically children would sell their souls to each other for ink cartridges and i used to have a plastic volcano in my room um it was a it was a mighty max volcano i don't know if you've ever seen one of these other plastic amazing and i used to keep children's souls in my plastic volcano that i pay for in ink cartridges (laughs) so that's that's sort of my answer really but 10 grand basically wow you like (laughs) that's that's the case in first we have we have the devil himself <laughs> on the show, guys. Uh, and with that, I'm going to ask you just one final thing, Bob. Mm-hmm. Where can people like keep up to date with tonight with Bob and Joe? Uh, I think it's on Acast. I think if you go, uh, if you search tonight with Bob and Joe, uh, Acast. Google. Or we've got a Facebook as well. I think it's tonight with podcast. Um, just try to Google it as much as you can with your fingers. Nice. <laughs> nice well so I'm going to say this at the end guys I, haven't, I don't think I've said this a while on the podcast uh, please rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and all that and like I don't know just get in touch as well I'd love to have a chat I'm sure Bob will love to have a chat anything you, anything you say I'll, I certainly I'll forward will. on your messages <laughs> or like, yeah and that's easy to get in touch with the show it's just um, at Caged in Pod on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and uh, it's cagedinpod at gmail dot uh, yeah, com for the email address. And you can always go through the website, which is www.cagedinpodcast.com. So as always, I've been Petrus Patsilovus. I've been Bob. We've been Caged In. You've been lovely. Bye. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copeland Connections, A Drooptown Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.